everyone, this is Stephanie from From the Lighthouse. Um, I'm here today with one of my students, um, Rebecca McMartin. Rebecca um, recently completed a creative podcast script for my unit Angle 303, which is narrative in the novel, and today we'll be reading the script. So the first um, voice you'll be hearing is me, and the second voice you'll be hearing is Rebecca. So um, I hope you enjoy this very special episode. Thank you. Welcome back, book eaters. On today's episode of What's Booking, we'll deconstruct the classic recipe of book chef extraordinaire Margaret Atwood, but instead of stewing on her more recognisable titles like The Handmaid's Tale and Alias Grace, we'll be taking, or should we say baking, <laughs> a step back to her OG 1969 novel The Edible Woman to decide once and for all whether you can have your cake and eat it too. But more realistically, we'll sink our teeth into her famous recipe to ponder femininity in a consumer society and to reclaim the female body. So don your aprons and follow Atwood's instructions. Trust us, you'll be begging for leftovers. To begin, you'll need these ingredients and utensils. Number one, a dose of scepticism about modern consumerism and gender politics, because what other tone would you expect from an Atwood novel? Number two, a realist genre. Obviously not the typical Atwood ingredient, but this was her first time in the kitchen, so testing psychological fiction before progressing to her usual speculative fiction isn't so far-fetched. Number three, an extraordinarily ordinary female protagonist, Marion, suffering from an identity crisis following her engagement. So who is she and what does she want? How does she conceive an identity as a woman when she feels like an edible co commodity? Her struggle to answer such questions manifests as symbolic cannibalism. She can't even stomach food, let alone her own life. Number four, a three-part form which shifts the narration from first person to third person and back again to symbolise Marion's loss and repossession of her identity, mind, body and, of course, her appetite. Number five, a handful of female characters, both stereotypical and subversive, to provide the already confused Marion with unappetising alternatives to female identity, including, but not limited to, her conservative judgmental landlady, her predator-seductress roommate who wants children without her husband, her college friend turned brain-fried stayed-at-home mother of three, and her single office virgin colleagues reminiscent of husband-hungry bridesmaids, and that's just the women. Number six, introduce two opposing males. First is the ultimate male consumer, the lawyer, Peter, Marion's well-groomed husband-to-be, and who loves Marion like he loves his gun, gun collection, well-polished and mounted on the wall for his guests to admire. Secondly, there's Duncan, the transgressive postgraduate student whose instability and peculiarity, not to mention domesticity, entices Marion into an affair. Ironically, both men are afraid of being preyed upon by women. Number seven, a sprinkling of intertextual fairy tales, including the robber bridegroom and Alice in Wonderland, with recurring motifs about nurses, clothing, hunting and food to define and redefine modern femininity. Lastly, number eight, a hint of comedic spice because Spoiler alert here, if you can't laugh at Marion talking to the self-likened cake she bakes for Peter, you mightn't stomach this novel very well. Because is she talking to the cake or all women when she says, very appetising, and that's what will happen to you, that's what you get for being food. Lastly, mix these all together and bake for about 350 pages. The result, the most cleverly written proto-feminist novel of the 20th century. Because Marion is all of us. A woman unable to stomach the life others expect women to live. A woman who resents career woman or wife mother as the only two available choices. A woman trying to establish an identity within a consumer driven society that demands women appease the male appetite. And a woman who often hides under couches at house parties just to escape because wouldn't you too? So would we change the recipe? No. 
Even five decades later, this novel perfectly articulates the questions women today are still asking, of which neither we, nor Atwood's suggestive ending, have the answers to. This dark-humoured, witty, character-driven novel is deserving of three Michelin stars, although Marion's fiancé may disagree. <laughs> we'll leave the final say to Duncan, whose opinion concludes the novel. Thank you, he said, licking his lips. It was delicious. Thank you, everyone, for booking The Edible Woman with us today. We hope you're now hungry for more Atwood coming up next week. This has been Rebecca and Stephanie from, from The Lighthouse. Um, we'll see you again in a week.